Z. It's Tuesday of the fourth week of Lent in the year of our salvation, 2007. On this blowy, windy, rainy day here in Rome, you'll be hearing some Leo the Great piece from one of his Lenten sermons. Also, we'll have a snip from the Holy Father Pope Benedict XVI's first encyclical Deus Caritas Est. Wake up and live till mom the rainy pattern and you will find mind over matter. Dark clouds will break up if you will wake up and live. In the second reading from the Office of Readings today, we have a selection from one of the sermons, the Lenten sermons of Pope Leo the Great, who died in 461. I really like Leo because his Latin is so beautiful. Uh, in the book that called uh, the Liturgy of the Hours, uh, what we call the breviary, you might find this listed as sermon number 10. But in other collections of Leo's sermons, you'll find it as sermon 48. Now, this sermon was preached on the 13th of March in 455, and it was obviously a a Lenten sermon. Now, at the beginning of the sermon, uh, Leo talks about preparing for Easter by fasting, and it's the whole church that needs to do this, not just priests or bishops. It's the entire church, all of the members of the church. And just as we like to have our churches to be beautiful and filled with light, All of the members, in unity with each other, have to be beautiful and filled with light interiorly. That way the whole church is beautiful. And the whole church must be in unity, too. And therefore we cannot have some people attacking others or declaring war on people rather than on vices. And whenever they're attacked, we should return their uh, attacks with mercy. And Leo taught uh, that fasts, Uh, were ordained by the apostles themselves through the Holy Spirit. And so there are many different kinds of uh, ways to prepare for Easter, but especially fasting and works of mercy uh, have his greatest attention. Let's now hear this selection uh, in English. Uh, In the uh, breviary, I think they probably cut it down a little bit, but I went to a translation of Leo's sermons, and I found the relevant paragraph, so it might be slightly longer than the actually what you find in the second reading for the Office of Readings today. So here is some of Pope Leo the Great's sermon number 48, sometimes called Sermon 10, the Lenten sermon, preached in 455. Ex sermonibus sancti leonis magni pape. In Ioannis Evangelio Dominus dicit, In hoc cognoscent omnes quia mei discipuli estis, si dilectionem habueritis ad invicem, et in eustem apostoli epistola legitur. In the Gospel of John the Lord says, In this all people will know that you are my disciples, if you have love for one another. And in the letter of that same apostle is written, Beloved, 
Let us love one another because love is of God, and everyone who loves is begotten of God and knows God. The one who does not love does not know God because God is love. Let the souls of the faithful examine themselves and judge the innermost affections of their hearts with true discernment, and if they find anything planted in their consciences from the fruits of charity, they need not doubt that God is within them, and as they are more and more receptive of such a guest, let them become more and more generous in the works of enduring mercy. If God is love, charity should have no end, for divinity can be closed off by no boundary. Therefore, dearly beloved, Although every time is suitable to practice the good of charity, nevertheless, the present days are urged on us especially, so that those who want to undertake the Passover of the Lord with sanctification of soul and body should try to acquire this grace above all, in which the summit of all virtues is contained, and by which a multitude of sins is covered. Consequently, since we are about to celebrate that grandest mystery of all, by which the blood of Jesus Christ has destroyed our sins, we should first prepare sacrifices of mercy, that what the goodness of God has brought us, we too should provide for those who have sinned against us. Let injuries be dropped into oblivion, let faults know no punishment, and let all of the offenses of our subjects be released from the fear of retribution. Let the prison walls hold no one, and let no sad groans of culprits continue in dark cells. If any are holding such, being guilty of some dereliction, let them know that they themselves are sinners, and that to receive mercy for themselves they should be glad that they have found someone to whom they can be merciful. When we say, according to the Lord's teaching, Forgive us our debts, as we have forgiven those who are in debt to us. We do not doubt that because of this form of our prayer we will obtain divine forgiveness. Toward the poor also, and those handicapped by various disabilities, let a kinder generosity be held out, that gratitude might be rendered to the grace of God by the voices of many, and that the needy might obtain refreshment by our fasts. God is pleased by no devotion of the faithful more than by what is spent on the poor, and where he finds merciful care, there he recognizes the likeness of his own holiness. Have no fear for the failure of your means in these expenses, for kindness itself is a great possession and the substance of generosity cannot lack where Christ both feeds and is fed. In all this work, that hand supports it which increased the bread by breaking it and multiplied it by distributing it. May givers of alms be secure and cheerful, because they will have a very great reward when they have kept back for themselves only very little, as the blessed Apostle Paul says, the one who provides seed for the sower and bread for eating will provide in abundance. He will multiply your seed and will increase the yield of the fruits of your goodness. In Christ Jesus our Lord, who lives and reigns with the Father and the Holy Spirit forever and ever. Amen.
Cristo Jesu Domino nostro, qui vivit et regnat cum Patre et Spiritu Santo in secula seculorum. Amen. That was part of Pope Leo the Great's Sermon Number 48, also called Sermon Number 10, a Lenten sermon. It was preached on the 13th of March in 455, and his words back then are just as vital as, and as effective today as they were then. I'd like to bring your attention to a couple points in this, especially if you listen to it over again. Uh, for Leo, the love that he's talking about love which is charity, that is a sacrificial love. Love is a bond of unity. It binds us as individuals to God, and it binds us with the whole of the church. And this love which is charity, the sacrificial love, uh, therefore must have a concrete manifestation in order for it to be authentic. Love can't be just theoretical. Our bond with God and our bond with the church and our bond with our neighbor isn't just interior, it's also exteriorized in concrete gestures of mercy. And notice also his riff on reception. It's very interesting how he says that the more receptive we are to God, who he describes as our guest, which also, in a, in a way, could be just, you know the, the Eucharist itself, then therefore the more generous we are, the more receptive, the more generous. There's a play of in and out, of receptivity and generosity, of taking in and therefore giving out in a constant cycle, the more, the more, the more. And this is later uh, repeated in a, in a different way, in a, with kind of a different theme with the emphasis on Christ, where he says, Christ feeds and is fed. And it's our actions that's doing this for Christ and with Christ and in Christ and through Christ. And therefore, this generosity is the cause of our joy. This is one of uh, Leo's great messages in this, that love is a bond of unity between all of us, between God, between the, us and the church. It's manifested concretely, and the more we receive from God, the more generous we should be, the more generous with, that we are, the more God will give us, and our joy will be multiplied and multiplied and multiplied. In the reading from Pope Leo, you heard the great doctor cite the letter of John's famous phrase, God is love, Deus Caritas est. And this is, of course, the title of Pope Benedict's first encyclical. And since Leo the, spoke so eloquently about preparing for Easter by concrete works of mercy toward our neighbor, let's have a taste of Benedict's encyclical on the same theme. Uh, this excerpt, which will follow, I edited slightly. Uh, it's from the very end of the first part of the encyclical. 
Let's hear some of Pope Benedict's encyclical, Deus Caritas Est. No one has ever seen God as he is, and yet God is not totally invisible to us. He does not remain completely inaccessible. God loved us first, says the letter of John, and this love of God has appeared in our midst. He has become visible inasmuch as he has sent his only Son into the world so that we might live through him. God has made himself visible. In Jesus we are able to see the Father. Indeed, God is visible in a number of ways. In the love story recounted in the Bible, he comes towards us. He seeks to win our hearts all the way to the Last Supper, to the piercing of his heart on the cross, to his appearances after the resurrection, and to the great deeds by which, through the activity of the apostles, he guided the nascent church along its path. Nor has the Lord been absent from subsequent church history. He encounters us ever anew in the men and women who reflect his presence, in his word, in the sacraments, and especially in the Eucharist. In the church's liturgy, in her prayer, in the living community of believers, we experience the love of God. We perceive his presence, and we thus learn to recognize that presence in our daily lives. He has loved us first, and he continues to do so. We, too, then, can respond with love. God does not demand of us a feeling which we ourselves are incapable of producing. He loves us. He makes us see and experience his love. And since he has loved us first, love can also blossom as a response within us. Love of neighbor is possible in the way proclaimed by the Bible by Jesus. It consists in the very fact that in God and with God, I love even the person whom I do not like or even know. This can only take place on the basis of an intimate encounter with God, an encounter which has become a communion of will, even affecting my feelings. Then I learn to look on this other person, not simply with my eyes and my feelings, but from the perspective of Jesus Christ, his friend is my friend. Going beyond exterior appearances, I perceive in others an interior desire for a sign of love, of concern. This I can offer them not only through the organizations intended for such purposes, accepting it perhaps as a political necessity. Seeing with the eyes of Christ, I can give to others much more than their outward necessities. I can give them the look of love which they crave. Here we see the necessary interplay between love of God and love of neighbor, which the first letter of John speaks of with such insistence. If I have no contact whatsoever with God in my life, then I cannot see in the other anything more than the other, and I am incapable of seeing in him the image of God. But if in my life I fail completely to heed others solely out of a desire to be devout and to, to perform my religious duties, then my relationship with God will also grow arid. 
it becomes merely proper but loveless. Only my readiness to encounter my neighbor and to show him love makes me sensitive to God as well. Only if I serve my neighbor can my eyes be opened to what God does for me and how much he loves me. The saints, consider the example of Blessed Teresa of Calcutta, constantly renewed their capacity for love of neighbor from their encounter with the Eucharistic Lord, and conversely this encounter acquired its realism and depth in their service to others. Love of God and love of neighbor are thus inseparable. They form a single commandment. But both live from the love of God, who has loved us first. No longer is it a question, then, of a commandment imposed from without and calling for the impossible, but rather of a freely bestowed experience of love from within, a love which by its very nature must then be shared with others. Love grows through love. Love is divine because it comes from God and unites us to God. Through this unifying process, it makes us a we which transcends our divisions and makes us one until in the end God is all in all. With that reading from Leo the Great and also from the Holy Father's encyclical Deus Caritas, I'm going to wrap it up. Besides, I have a whole group of, what do you call them? Well, for the lack of a better word, protesters outside. And, uh, well, <laughs> let's just say this is what I have to contend with. Happily, however, there's driving rain with hail and high winds, which is dampening the spirits of the protesters a little bit, and they are beginning to pack their noisemakers and leave. Come and visit us at the blog, What Does the Prayer Really Say? That's WDTPRS.com, Whiskey Delta Tango, Papa Romeo Sierra.com. You can leave comments on most of the entries, and you can do a lot of reading. You'll find also links to all the podcasts there. We hope to see you soon. I hope you have a good continuation of your fruitful Lent. God bless you, and bye-bye. Piove, senti come piove, Madonna come piove, senti come viene giù. Piove, senti come piove, Madonna come piove, senti come viene giù. Hai visto che piove, senti come viene giù. Che dicevi che non pioveva più, che ormai non ti saresti mai più innamorata, e adesso guardati se tutta bagnata e piove, madonna come